Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, and welcome to episode number 244 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. 
This is, of course, WCWS Outside the Ropes. <clears throat> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS back in the saddle here, of course. Uh, Chad Hinshaw, of course, right back here with you. Um, as, of course, as you know, last week I was unable to, uh, to, to make it on due to, of course, as many of you know, of course, back on March the 1st, I was injured in a very, very nasty fall. And I do, of course, uh, thank the Iceman Jerry D. Drama for stepping in, of course, in my absence and taking care of last week's edition. But I'm back in here now, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm getting ready, of course, to do what, do what we all do best. Of course, bring you, of course, the latest pop culture news and views, of course, courtesy from our friends at 411mania.com. Also, of course, I'll be bringing you, of course, today's pop culture, history, and birthdays here for today, as well as, of course, some wrestling news tidbits, courtesy of also of our friends at 411mania.com as well. If you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we had to talk about here this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID 141387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening. At 6.41 p.m. Eastern Time, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Let's get right into, of course, the discussion here as we, of course, have several several stories, of course, to, uh, to of course, uh, bring you here right here, courtesy of our, like, of our friends at 411 Mania. We do thank our friends at 411 Mania for allowing us here in the WCWS radio network for allowing us to read their stories for all uh, on all, all of our shows. In addition to Outside the Ropes, of course, also on Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, as well as, of course, Power Hour and WCWS this morning. Uh, Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully we will be able to utilize 411 Mania, hopefully as some of our old favorites, of course, in the radio network do return to the air here very, very soon in 2021. Our first story, ladies and gentlemen, comes to us. Uh, yesterday from Jeremy Thomas, as Florian Mutiao, uh, Mut- I I'm, 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 I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name, who from the movie Creed 2, joins Eli Roth's Borderlands as the character Creed. Eli Roth has found his Creed for the upcoming Borderlands movie, and it's Creed 2 alum Florian Mutiao. It was announced today that Muteo, who played Victor Drago in the boxing sequel, will take on the role of the character in the upcoming adaptation of the Gearbox software and 2K game. Craig is one of the playable characters in Borderlands 2 and is the game's psycho-class character. Abused by his mother as a child for being a weakling, Craig grew to great strength before he was captured by Hyperion and subject, subjected to Dr. Ben, Dr. Benedict's experiments to create psychos. He eventually encounters Tiny Tina, who becomes his ward. Mutiao joins a cast that includes Kate Blanchett as Lilith, Jamie Lee Curtis as Dr. Tannis, Jack Black as Claptrap, Kevin Hart as an ex-soldier to a mercenary, and Ariana Greenblatt plays Tiny Tina. Florian brings real humanity and multiple layers to a character who on the surface seems totally insane and brutally savage, Eli Ross said in a statement. Krieg was by far the most difficult role to cast and Florian brought him to life and grounded him in a way I didn't know was possible. He's going to be a brilliant Krieg and will fit in perfectly with our incredible cast. So we, of course, can't wait to, of course, see how he does 
in this in this movie here. So our next story, ladies and gentlemen, and no doubt I'm sure came out. Yes, came out yesterday from Jeremy Thomas. As Johnny Depp hunts the notorious uh, B.I.G.'s killer in the trailer for the movie City of Lies. The drama about the investigation into notorious B.I.G.'s murder entitled City of Lies is releasing soon, and a new trailer previews the Johnny Depp star, uh, Johnny Depp Films. Saban Films has released a teaser for the film, which stars and also Forrest Whitaker. You can check out that out right here on this page. The preview for the film features some real-life footage of Biggie, his mother, Violet Wallace, and more, and then footage of Depp as LNPD detective Russell Poole and Whitaker as journalist Jack Jackson. The film is directed by Brad Furman and releases in theaters on March 19th, with a, with a digital release date of April the 9th. It is described as follows. Based on the book, uh, L.A.B. Lounge, uh, uh, Dot by Pulitzer Prize winning author Randall Sullivan. This compelling crime thriller follows the investigation into the infamous murder of iconic rap artist Christopher Wallace, also known as the Notorious B.I.G. Oscar nominee Johnny Depp stars as determined LAPD detective Russell Poole, who spent nearly 20 years trying to solve the murder, and Oscar and primetime Emmy winner Forrest Whitaker as Jack Jackson, a journalist who teams up with Poole in search of the elusive truth. Together, they explore why the case remains cold and why a secret division of the LAPD is seemingly set on keeping it that way. So, like I said, folks, you can see this trailer for this movie uh, on here on this page if you wish to check it out. And as a matter of fact, what we will do, ladies and gentlemen, we will actually post this on our page, WCWS Entertainment Cavalcade. So that way, if you wish to, of course, check out that trailer. But, of course, like I said... Very unique, right there. That this that this case, of course, it remains cold. Of course, about 20 years after this, after this, sadly, this took place. Jeremy Thomas posted this story as HBO Max ex accidentally leaks the first hour of Zack Ryder, Zack Snyder's, Zack Ryder, Zack Snyder's Justice League early. HBO Max may need to fear Dark Side's wrath as a technical snafu has caused the service to leak part of Zack Snyder's Justice League 10 days early. As THR reports, some users who logged into the service on Monday night to watch Tom and Jerry ended up getting the first hour of the highly anticipated Snyder Cut of the DC Extended Universe team-up film. Several users, including THR's Ryan Parker, noted that when they want to watch the animated CGI hybrid, an error message appeared at first and then the Snyder Cut began. Parker, Parker noted that the film cut cut off after an hour for him. Several people shared screenshots of the film online. The HBO Max reacted quickly to take issue, to take issue, take down notices on those stills to minimize spoilers. HBO Max has said in a statement that Zack Snyder's Justice League was temporarily available on HBO Max, and the error was addressed within minutes. The four-hour hour cut of the film is set to release on March the 18th, so a week from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, is when that movie is actually supposed to be coming out to uh, HBO Max. So we can't, I can't, I definitely, I'm, I'm sure I hear about this. Uh, Jeremy Thomas posted this story yesterday as Paul Bettany on talks, you know, who, who played Vision in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic movies, 
talks about what Vision's Marvel Cinematic Universe future post WandaVision may look like. Uh, Paul Bettany's Vision soared back to screens in WandaVision, and following the show's finale, Bettany discussed what the Synthesoid's future in the MCU could be. Bettany spoke with Esquire for a lengthy new interview and weighed in on reprising the role in the Disney Plus series. Fans of the show know by now that while the vision that made up the majority of the series events was creation of Wanda's and died when she undid her hex that encompassed the city of Westview, New Jersey. There is another vision out there. That vision was, was the restored body. Now all white like the vision quest arc that the series was loosely based on. That vision was revived by sword operative Tyler Hayward by any of his memories or emotions but was given his memories back during the battle of Westview by the vision that Wanda created and then flew away. Asked what Vision's future might look like to MCU, Bettany said, well, F, how do I do this without spoilers? I guess we've seen what happens to Wanda when love is taken away from her, and I wonder what that would look like with Vision. He continued, I mean, that's the thing, right? I've never had a loved one to lose. I don't know what grief is because I never had a loved one to lose. There is so much to get into with him because it's been so there's been 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there in the movies. Now we're sort of just starting to, starting to sort, sort of peel back some stuff. As, as if he's willing to play Vision in quotation marks forever, Bettany said, I love Vision. Yes, I'm in. So, of course, we'll just have to wait and see about how, how that, of course, will, uh, how that will, will come out. And he does an excellent job as, of course, as you know, I believe he was the voice of, you know, if you first heard him in, of course, in the 2008 uh, um, movie, movie Iron Man, of course, like I said, as the, um, as, of course, the voice of the, of the, as Jarvis, of course, that, that was with Robert Downey Jr. when he played, when he, of course, uh, first put on the suit and everything and was that way for a while until, of course, this, I think it was like Age of Ultron is when Vision was introduced, I believe it was. Jeremy Thomas posted this story yesterday as Eddie Murphy was recently interviewed saying that says that the worst actor of the decade, Razzie, led him to quit acting for a while. Eddie Murphy is one of the most successful comedy stars ever, but a string of bad films and subsequent Razzie Award led him to quit acting for a while. Murphy, who is back on small screens with coming the number two America on Amazon Prime Video, appeared on Mark Maron's WTF podcast, and among other things, talked about the string of critical and commercial flops in the late 2000s, such, such as Showtime, I Spy, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, Norbert, Meet Dave, Imagine That, and A Thousand Words. That series of films led to some of the worst financial and critical results of his career and earned Murphy nine Razzie Award nominations and three wins, all three, of course, in the movie Norbert. He was also named the worst actor of the decade in a special award in 2010. Murphy talked about how that led him to stepping back from acting for a while. I was, I was making, I'll just use the term crappy movies, said Murphy. I was like, this crap ain't fun. They're giving me Razzies. Mother efforts gave me the worst actor ever Razzie. So I thought maybe it's time to take a break. Murphy noted that his break lasted longer than anticipated, saying I was only going to take a break for a year and all of a sudden six years go by. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I could sit on the couch and not get off it. But I don't want, but I don't want, but I don't want to the last bunch of 
crap they see me do to be BS. I plan, the plan was to go to do, go do Dolomite is my name, uh, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live and coming to America and do stand-up and see how I felt afterwards. At least they'll know I'm still funny. Murphy's performance in Dolomite was literally a redemption for him as the Razzies awarded him as the Razzie Redeemer Award for the film. Amazon has said that coming to number two America has had the largest streaming opening of any film since the pandemic started in March of 2020 and far exceeded any of our wildest expectations. So this is kind of like a, a genesis. Um, I, I, my personal view, of course, about that for, of course, Eddie Murphy. Of course, he is one of the best one of the best comedians and actors out there here today, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, of, of all time, I should say. But, uh, but he is still one of the funny. He is very funny indeed, regardless of what, whatever else he's done. Jeffrey Harris has this story that came out yesterday. As Disney Plus surpasses 100 million global paid subscribers. So much for all those claims of canceling Disney Plus subscriptions on Twitter. While Disney Company announced today that the premium subscription service Disney Plus has now surpassed 100 million global paid subscribers. The milestone for the service comes to 16 months after its launch. Walt Disney Company CEO Bob Chappick announced the news during a company annual meeting of shareholders earlier today, early yesterday. For comparison, Netflix has just over 203 million paid subscribers as uh, at quarter four, 2020. Chappick said on the announcement, the enormous success of Disney Plus, which has now surpassed 100 million subscribers, has inspired us to be even more ambitious and to significantly increase our investment in the development of high-quality content. In fact, we set a target of 100-plus new titles per year. This includes Disney Animation, Disney Live Action, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. Our direct-to-consumer business is the company's top priority, and our robust pipeline of content will continue to fuel its growth. The streaming network recently saw the debut of much-talked-about Marvel Cinematic Universe TV series WandaVision, the next MCU series that is exclusive to the platform will be The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which debuts on March 19th. Also, the Loki series will debut on June 11th. The next Star Wars animated series, The Bad Batch, will launch on May 4th. The streaming service first launched in the United States on November 12th, 2019. It's currently available in 59 countries around the world, including Canada, Australia, New, New Zealand, Europe, Latin America, and even most recently, Singapore. So... So they're seeing it all over the place here, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, can you excuse me for just one second, please? Sorry about that, folks. We're back on now. This story came out. This story came out on Monday as the Titans face off in Kong character posters. Godzilla vs. Kong launches in theaters on HBO Max this month, and a new set of character posters, characters facing off. Of course, the posters are on this page if you want to see them for the film, which arrives on March 31st in both theaters and on the streaming service. Stars Alexander Skarsgård. Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, 
Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Oguri, Eliza Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, with Kyle Chandler and Damian Bichar, and directed by Adam uh, Wingard. The film is described as follows. Legends collide in Godzilla versus Kong as these mythic adversaries meet in a spectacular battle for the ages. With the fate of the world hanging in the balance, Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home, and with them is Gia, a young orphan girl with whom he has formed a unique and powerful bond. But they unexpectedly find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla, cutting a swath of destruction across the globe. The epic clash between the two titans, instigated by unseen forces, is only the beginning of the mystery that lies deep within of the Earth. So, there's a very interesting, uh, very interesting looking poster there indeed. Uh, but uh, of course, like I said, we can't wait for this movie to come out. Like I said, it will be out, of course, at the end of the month. Jeremy Thomas has this story that came out on Monday as new character posters were released for the next MCU uh, show, The Falcon and the, Will and, the, and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier launches on Disney Plus in two weeks, and new character posters are online for the MCU series. You can see the posters on this page featuring Bucky, Bucky played by Sebastian Stan, Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, Sharon Carter, played by Eva, Emily Van Camp, and Helmut Zemo, played by Daniel Brühl, all of whom are back for the six-episode series. They're joined by Wyatt Russell, who stars as John Walker, also known as the U.S. agent. The series premieres its first episode, also on March 19th, as described as follows. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam, Sam Wilson, of course, otherwise known as Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes, otherwise known as the Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan, team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience. Of course, some good looking some good looking posters there, of course, here indeed here, folks. Our next story here, folks, comes to us. Uh, Jeremy Thomas posted it on Monday as Wonder Woman faces off with Steppenwolf and of course new and the new tease for as we said, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zack Snyder and HBO Max are ramping up the hype for next week's release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And a new trailer has Wonder Woman battling Steppenwolf. Of course, you can see the clip on this page. It was posted by Snyder online. With Diana reflecting on how her people have suffered at the hands of Darkseid's initiations. Of course, she leads Aquaman and Cyborg into battle against Steppenwolf. The clip also provides perhaps the best look yet at the new version of Steppenwolf that was done for the director's cut. In addition to, to the theatrical cut cast, the film will feature Jared Leto as Joker, as well as Darkseid and more. Snyder recently revealed that the film will end on a massive cliffhanger. Zack Snyder's Justice League arrives on HBO Max on March the 18th. As we said, that is a week from uh, tomorrow. So. Um, of course, Zack Snyder posted this on his Twitter account, hashtag Wonder Woman, hashtag Snyder Cut, hashtag Zack Snyder's Justice League, hashtag Us United, hashtag AFSP. And there's a picture right there on it if you want to, of course, check that out. And one more quick story before we go to our pop culture history and birthdays here. 
Uh, this story came out actually on Sunday as Andy uh, Matichik explains why Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends didn't shoot back to back. While there was an initial belief that Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends would be filmed back to back, that didn't happen, and star Andy Matichak explains why. Matichak, who plays Laurie's granddaughter Allison Nelson in the new film, spoke with THR about the film and confirmed that there was some discussion of shooting the two sequels in quick succession. She says, yeah, that was something that was toyed with. They thought about doing them back to back, but Halloween Kills was just, was just so ambitious. It was such an intense shooting schedule schedule that would have been a bit much to try to do them at the same time. So we didn't. We just have Halloween Kills in the can. And if Allison is lucky enough to make it out of Halloween Kills, then I think that the third one will be filmed in the foreseeable future. The film completed production in late 2019, but of course has been delayed by the pandemic. It is currently set to release on October 15th, but Halloween ends set to bow on on October 14th of next year. So we'll definitely be watching out for that here, folks. We'll definitely be, we'll definitely be checking all that out. And there you have it with some of your pop culture news and views here, of course, here for today. As we give you this one more time, 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 141-387-POUND. Episode 244 of WCWS Outside the Ropes here. Uh, 7.01 p.m. Eastern Time, as I said, uh, uh, Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw on the line. As, of course, the rest of the panel, we took out the handle, of course, I'm sure, are are preparing to sit back and take a gander at, uh, at of course, tonight's editions of NXT and AEW Dynamite. And I'm sure AEW will definitely be highly on their minds, especially after the events that took place this past Sunday at AEW Revolution. Speaking of which, of course, as I let you know, as a reminder, tonight at 9 o'clock, episode <clears throat> 961 of Revolution, uh, we will have, of course, your wrestling news and views. We also have some history and birthdays. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we will have some results in as we get them in for both the uh, for both for both editions of Dynamite and NXT. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk about the title matches from this past Sunday's edition of Revolution, which was the tag team title match, the women's the women's title match, and also, of course, the AEW uh, and also the AEW. Uh, world heavyweight title match this one right here is going to probably get a whole lot of discussion so we'll definitely of course have save some have some time about that plus also of course here uh <clears throat> we'll give you some more updates of course about our our uh trivia championship polls on the pay-per-view prediction center page of course coming up here uh this after, this evening be sure to listen in on that one three eight zero five five pound of course right here on talkshoe.com now, ladies and gentlemen, let's, take, let's check your pop culture history and birthdays. I'll be bringing you, of course, a little bit here and there with, of course, the, I would, with the human suplex machine, John Gross, also bringing the condensed version tonight on Revolution as well. A uh, couple of most recent moments that took place here on this date. First off, on this date, 1920, the Home Rule Act was passed by the British Parliament, dividing Ireland into two parts as rejected by the southern counties where the Anglo-Irish War continues for another year. On the state in 1952, the military coup led by General Fugencio Batista uh, <clears throat> takes place in Cuba. 
And on this date, 21 years ago in the year 2000, the NASDAQ Composite Stock Market Index peaks at 5,132.52 cents, signaling the beginning of the end of the dot-com boom. Uh, on this date in 1862, United States starts issuing the first paper money in the form of $5, $10, $20, $50, $100, $500, and $1,000 notes. Of course, if you have a $500 or $1,000 bill today, that might be worth some money. Uh, uh, today, also some famous birthdays. We'll talk a little bit more about this here in a little while, but we want to wish a very happy 81st birthday to Action Film Star, of course, uh, um, Chuck Norris. And also, of course, ladies and also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as much as we may want to probably uh, wish a happy birthday, you know where uh, today also would would have been. And it's a good thing. We're, and some people may say, OK, well, that's we're saying. Anyway, today would have been the fourth birthday of the man that a lot of people have held 100 percent responsible for the attacks of September 11th. Of course, we're talking about Osama bin Laden. On a state in 1876, the first tele telephone call, Alexander Graham Bell says, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you to his assistant, Thomas Watson. Some uh, famous weddings, of course, that took place here. Uh, the most recent one on this day, 1966, Dutch Crown Princess Beatrix who is Queen Beatrix, marries German aristocrat Klaus von Amsberg in Amsterdam. Um, on his, uh, one famous divorce that took place on this date, author and journalist from the uh, Ernest Hemingway, who wrote The Old Man in the Sea, divorces his first wife, Elizabeth Hadley Richardson. Some sad passings, of course, that took place on this date. Um, of course, the lady responsible for what they call the Underground Railroad, Passes away on this day, 1913. I'm talking about Harriet Tubman. And also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, on this date, uh, let's see here. I believe it was yeah, 33 years ago today, we lost one, one of the members of the Bee Gees, Andy Gibb. Uh, let's see. So, uh, so there you have it there with some. We have some more moments here, of course, coming up here in movies and also in music here coming up here in just a few moments. Let's go first off to our movies and TV uh, history here on the state. 1902, a United States Court of Appeals rules that Thomas Edison did not invent the movie camera. On the state, 1938, the 10th Annual Academy Awards takes place. The movie The Life of Emile Zola won an award as well as actor Spencer Tracy and actress Louise Rainier. On this date, 1938 as well, the premieres directed by William Wyler, stars Betty Davis and Henry Fonda, based on the play by Owen Davis. On this date, 1948, the fifth annual Golden Globes, the movie Gentleman's Agreement won an award, plus actor Ronald Coleman and actress Rosalind Russell won an award. On this date, 1960, uh, the 17th annual Golden Globes, the movie Ben-Hur, wins an award as well as actor Anthony Francisca and also actress the late Elizabeth Taylor wins an award as well. On this day in 1970, Barbara Streisand records the two songs, The Singer and I Can Do It. 
On his date in 1977, CBS's premiere of A Circle of Children, starring Jane Alexander, and is based on the life and book about uh, as about this by Mary McCracken. Also in 1978, ladies and gentlemen, the series The Incredible Hulk, is David Banner, or as you know, also Lou Ferrigno playing the Hulk, premieres on CBS. As we, of course, said, uh, as we also, of course, said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <clears throat> on the um, Chuck Norris today turns 81 years old, and also actor John Hamm, of course, remember, on the show Mad Men, today turns 50. Also, as we said, as we said ladies and gentlemen, on this date, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, give us just a second here. Let's see, 35 years ago today, 1986, we lost actor Ray Milan. And also, like we said, as we said, 33 years ago, we also lost one of the members of, of, the, of the BG. Uh, also, uh, three weddings, of course, to talk about here. There was one other thing I'm going to have to go back and check. But here's our things right here, ladies and gentlemen, took place on this date. On this date, Two of them in 2007, Brazilian, Brazilian singer and, and actress Tanya Mera, who was 24 at the time, Mary's director Jamie Manjarman, who was 50 at the time, at Chapel of Sao, Sao Jose das Botas on the grounds of the Hotel Fazenda Florencia in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Also notable singer, and also is also in 2007. Notable singer and stage performer Matt Hetherington, who was 36 at the time, marries Australian TV presenter Melissa Kotos at the Morning Star Estate on Mount Eliza. And also in the state in 2012, Allison Porter, who was best known, I believe she was the one that played the little girl in the movie Curly Sue, who was actually 30 at the time, marries former Days of Our Lives actor Brian Alterinth, who was 33 at the time, at Diablo Dormendo in the, and of course, uh, Santa Monica. So obviously this is in California. Um, there was one other thing here. Let me go back and double check. I think we, yes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, on this day, 1997 as well, the, the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, created by Josh we Josh Whedon, Whedon and starring Sarah Michelle Geller. Who, of course, you might know her as Daphne in the Scooby-Doo live-action movies. Also pr premieres on, of course, was now the CW, but of course it used to be called at one time the WB TV Network. Okay, <clears throat> so that there you have it there, of course, for movies and TV. Now let's, of course, check out, of course, on this date in. Let's, of course, uh, of course, check out, of course, on this date here in. In music, on his day in 1888, the first performance of Cesar Frank's Psyche, uh, of course, was uh, <clears throat> uh, takes place. On his day in 1906, the first performance of Maurice Ravel's Sonatine. Also, on his day in 1940, the U first United States opera telecast, W2XBS New York City, which they feature I Paglia Sisi. I hope I pronounced that right. I apologize if I have not. On the day in 1951, Where's Charlie closes at the Broadway Theater in New York City after 56 performances. On the day in 1965, I Got a Tiger by the Tail. Of course, the album by the late Buck Owens is released. It wins Billboard Album of the Year for 1965. 
on his day, 1974, sexed it, closes at BU, Bayou Theater, New York City, after only nine performances. On his day, 1975, the Rocky Horror Picture Show opens at Belasco Theater, New York City, for 45 performances. And on his day, 1981, the song Betty Davis Eyes, single released by Ken Carnes, it was the Billboard Song of the Year for 1981. Uh, two noble birthdays here, of course. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Arthur Honinger, if that, of course, if, if that name is, of, of course, familiar. Uh, today, he would have been 129 years old. And also, ladies and gentlemen, today is the 38th birthday of Carrie, of Carrie Underwear. I mean, Underwood. <laughs> of course, one of the winners of American Idol. Of course, uh, very good. Believe uh, that she's primarily in uh, country music, I do believe. Uh, also, of course, we did talk about, of course, Andy Gibb, of course, 33 years ago, passed away on this date. On this date, also in the year 2000, um, we did mention a couple of moments in 2007. Of course, you heard those earlier, but I will add another one here. Country singer Vince Gill, who was 42 at the time, marries Christian pop singer Amy Grant, who was 39 at the time, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, there was one other, of course, moment, of course, in music uh, that they didn't put on the music page, and that's probably... On this day in 2015, the family of the late Marvin Gaye win a record $7.3 million lawsuit for music copyright infringement against Robin Thicke, Farrell Williams, and T.I. Apparently, they tried they tried to, to use some of Marvin Gaye's music, apparently, and I guess it just didn't work out. So, uh, Some movements that happened on this day in sports history. On this day in 1888, heavyweight boxing champ John L. Sullivan draws Charlie Mitchell in 30 rounds. On the day 1900, Stanley Cup, Montreal Arena, Westmount, Quebec. Montreal Shamrocks outclass the Halifax Crescents 11-0 to sweep the Challenge Series 2-0. On the day 1913, the Stanley Cup, Quebec skate, skating rink in Quebec City, Quebec. The Quebec Bulldogs retain the trophy, defeats the Sydney Millionaires, Nova Scotia, 6-2 for a 2-0 sweep of the Challenge Series. On the day 1920, the NHL's Quebec Bulldog Joe Malone scores six goals versus the Ottawa Senators. On the day 1934, the longest undefeated streak in Toronto Maple Leaf history ends. 18 games with 15 wins and three ties. Interesting. On the day 1934, the U.S. Men's Figure Skating Championship was won by Roger Turner. On the state in 1941, uh, Lee McFowl. The general manager of the Dodgers predicts all players will wear batting helmets. And on the day 1949, Detroit Tiger pitcher Art Houdeman is critically injured in an automobile accident but recovers to win 15 games in 1949. Some uh, some some birthdays and passings, of course, here. On the day in 1850, Spencer Gore, who was a tennis player from uh, from England. He was the first Wimbledon winner in 1877. Uh, he was born in Wimbledon, England. He passes away in 1906. On this day in 1865, Pim Mueller, who was also known as William J.H., who was a Dutch journalist, writer, 
and sport organizer. I'm not sure when he was born or when he passed. On a day in 1880, Michael Jacobs, who was a boxing promoter from right here in America, he was born right here in New York. He was born in New York City. And on a day in 1908, Christian Paulsall, who was from Estonia, who was a heavyweight wrestler, he won Olympic gold in 1936. Some noble passings, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on his day in 1918, Jim McCormick, who was a Scottish board American baseball pitcher and manager, he was the first Scott in Major League Baseball. National League wins leader in 1880 and 82. National League era leader in 1983. Sadly, passed away at the age of 61. On his day in 1949, James Rector, who was an, who was an athlete born in America, sat, uh, he was born in 1884. On his day in 1988, Glenn, Glenn Cunningham, who was a middle distance runner from right here in America, of course he did that in the 1930s, passes away at the age of 78. And on his day in 2003, Barry Sheen, who was a motorcycle racer from, from uh, Great Britain, sadly passes away at the age of 52. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with, of course, your pop culture history and birthdays here, of course, for today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and we are going to, of course, read. Uh, um, we are going to read, of course. Uh, um, we're going to read, of course, uh, two or three, at least three wrestling stories here tonight. Of course, we had to start a little bit late due to. Of course, of course, due to of course, so we had a little, little tiny snafu tonight with with the course talk show, but we got it, but we got it, of course, uh, under control now. But we're going to just read, we're going to read two or three stories, a couple of which I that was brought to my attention, of course, here earlier today. I once again want to thank, of course, the Iceman Jared Geralmo, as well as the King Clubs Mint Patel for, of course, bringing these, and you might to my attention. And of course, you might hear something. You might hear something, of course, uh, from, uh, from, of course, these gentlemen, as well as others here tonight on Revolution about some of this. So, so just uh, uh, one, one story, of course, uh, and I will re repeat some of these stories. The stories I read tonight, I will repeat some of them. Uh, I will repeat them again on Revolution here tonight. So that definitely will have something to talk about. So keep that in mind. Uh, Jeffrey Harris posted this story here today. As WWE opts to dismiss a lawsuit against the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. According to a report by HealByNature.com, WWE has opted to dismiss a lawsuit against the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. A voluntary dismissal was filed on the lawsuit with the U.S. District Court Circuit of Connecticut on March the 10th. The lawsuit was previously filed on January 26th. The nature of the details of the lawsuit are unknown and were sealed to the general public. Previously, the lawsuit had amended pleadings that need to be filed by March 27th. Discovery would be completed by July 8th, which would have followed by dispositive motions on September the 1st. A summons was issued electronically to the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services on January 27th. An answer to the lawsuit was originally required within the time frame of 60 days. Currently, the reason for the dismissal is unknown. Of course, right now they're keeping a whole, they're keeping a whole lot of stuff, of course, under wraps here. Uh, so, why why are we, of course, not too surprised about all that? 
another story that was just brought to my attention, of course, from the Iceman, of course, prior to coming on outside the ropes here tonight. Jeffrey Harris posted this story. As a backstage rumor is out there, Jeffrey Harris posted this, as we said, as a backstage rumor on reaction to John Laurinaitis returning to WWE and some wrestlers are concerned. As previously reported, John Laurinaitis has been rehired to the WWE to serve as the head of talent relations once again. Fightful Select has since released a report with more details on the backstage reaction to the news. Several wrestlers who spoke to Fightful were reportedly concerned about Laurinaitis' return Laurinaitis returning to the role. One anonymous wrestler was worried on the former Johnny Aces insistence on embracing the WWE diva type of talents over solid in-ring wrestlers during his time in WWE. And there is concern he will utilize that line of thinking for his hiring methods again later on. In the time since Laurinaitis has been out of the head of talent relations role, his duties were later filled by Senior Vice President of Talent Relations Mark Carano. Several wrestlers currently on the WWE roster stated that while Carano was easy to work with on the surface, he was a hard person to trust, especially after the cuts WWE made to the talent roster last April. As a result of those pandemic-related cuts from last year, a lot of trust within the company has reportedly eroded. Several wrestlers who were let go in 2020 were given long-term promises which were previously made by Mark Carano, hence why wrestlers are leery to trust him. John Laurinaitis is expected to serve under the title of General Manager of Talent, and he will report to the WWE Executive Vice President of Operations, Brad Bloom. WWE has not yet made the news official. So, obviously, of course, here, this is the first, this is, of, of course, like I said, um, this is just some small news, of course, popping up here, of course, again. So, uh, another story here that's also been brought to my attention here, JD, both JD and Mitt both have actually mentioned this here to us, to me earlier. Uh, Joseph Lee posted this story as apparently Molly Holly has officially been announced for this year's WWE Hall of Fame. And just like that, we have our first name. Earlier today, it was announced on the bump that the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony would stream on Peacock on April the 6th. It was also revealed that there would be a 2021 class inducted as well as last year's class. Today, it was revealed on the same episode that Molly Holly is the first name for the official 2021 class. She joins the 2020 inductees, which includes Batista, the Bella Twins, the British Bulldog, JBL, Jushin Thunder Liger, and the NWO. So, uh, of course, WWE posted two tweets, of course, today. First off, breaking news, the first inductee, inductee in the at WWE Hall of Fame class of 2021 will be hashtag Molly Holly. In a beautiful, emotional moment on hashtag WWE, the bump at shamehelms.com delivered the hashtag WWE Hall of Fame announcement to the former WWE Women's Champion. And of course, they also, and of course, the tweet also says the same thing, of course, here again. Uh, uh, Joseph Lee posted this story as apparently rapper Soldier Boy takes shots at WWE again on his live stream, also mocks Randy Orton vomiting black ooze. Soldier Boy recently had a live stream, and while he spoke to his fans, he continued his online feud against Randy Orton. This time, the rapper made fun of Orton vomiting black ooze during recent episodes of WWE Raw. Soldier Boy said, it's effed, 
or to talk about baby mamas. I ain't got no kids. What the F is you talking about, stupid boy? Now, listen, I respect WWE and stuff like that. Like the Rockets, one of my favorite wrestlers, Stone Cold Steve Austin and crap like that. Like back in the day when I was a little kid, like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, stuff like that. Like, man, you know what the F I mean. I said that WWE has, was fake. The, you, you took that. You blew that, blew that all out of context. What is you talking about? I'm just talking the way they have it here. I ought to come to WWE and smack the crap out of you. I'm not irrelevant. I'm very relevant. I got more money than you. I'm more popular than you. I had the biggest comeback of 2019 on The Breakfast Club. I made millions and millions of dollars. I don't even know you. Randy Organ, get the F out of here. Smack the crap out of, out of all y'all. F you talking about the real wrestlers is The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, all the other. Shut the F up. And, and I F with the Dudley Boys and Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy and the Swanton Bomb. All you other. Shut the F up. That crap fake. I looked at WWE the other day just to see what it looked like. You're all under spitting fire and spitting acid out of your mouth and doing cut scenes. That crap looked like a soap opera TV show. That's the fakest, fakest, you know what, y'all can't even act. I look at y'all, y'all out there spitting. I ain't watching wrestling. I ain't watched wrestling in like 15 years. You ain't never did crap. I was was standing in the ring. I can't wrestle with that. that that wear leather thongs, want to yell at me in his underwear. And, of course, obviously, someone tweeted on their Twitter account, this is what Soldier Boy said on his stream. So, apparently here, apparently here, ladies and gentlemen, that's, uh, so this, this whole thing continues, of course, obviously, between this rapper and also, the, apparently, might be aimed towards, directly towards Randy Orton, but, I mean, obviously, may also probably be going towards the entire WWE as well. I'm not sure. Uh, the story came out last night as apparently a spoiler for William Ringo's big announcements on NXT. A new report has details on what William Ringo will be announcing on this week's episode of NXT. As previously reported, Ringo is set for two game-changing announcements on Wednesday's episode. According to Sports Illustrated's Justin, Justin Barrasso, Ringo will be announcing the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships as well as a new detail on the two-night NXT takeover taking place in April. Barrasso says that according to sources, <clears throat> one night of takeover will air live on USA Network, and the other air, air exclusively on Peacock. The WWE Network is launching on Peacock on March 18th, which is a week from tomorrow, with the WWE Network shutting down in the United States as a standalone service on April the 4th. Takeover is currently announced as scheduled for April the 8th, so assumingly... The first time will air either Wednesday, April the 7th, or Friday, April the 9th. So, so there, so so they, so they have it right there, folks. Um, very, 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 very unique there indeed. Uh, but we'll just, we'll just see what how that all, of course, how that, of course, all uh, will uh, how that will, of course. Uh, um, um, well, how that all will, of course, definitely play out. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much here for listening here tonight to episode 244 of WWS Outside the Ropes. Of course, uh, Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw. Of course, like I said, uh, thanks, thanks very, thanks everyone for listening here tonight. We'll be back on, of course, here at nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 961 
of WCW US Revolution, where of course we'll finish our discussion of AEW Revolution, as well as your news and views and history and birthdays on both the wrestling and pop culture side, and also give you the results of tonight's episodes of NXT and AEW uh, Dynamite as well. Now I'm sure, like I said, AEW Dynamite will have a lot of backlash from what took place at uh, at the Revolution pay per view, of course, here tonight. So, so we can't wait to see what happens, of course, there as well. Be sure to, once again, as always, check out all of our groups, of course, on Facebook, uh, where we've got a whole lot more footage, of course, posted on a lot of our shows. Some stories here just recently, WWS Sports Roundup. We've also posted more stuff on the Entertainment Cavalcade page. Also, of course, uh, Location of Animation, as well as, of course, as of course uh, Game Show Alley as well as, of course, our tribute groups to Don Rickles, Johnny Carson, and also Whose Lines It Anyway. Our tribute groups to, of course, the Power Rangers, Home Improvement, NASCAR, uh, Motor Week Retro Review, Cards of the Past. Uh, check out Women of WCWS for our female wrestling fans. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, check out all of our wrestling tribute groups, of course, AWUS, ECWS, STUS, GCWS, and so on and so forth. Also, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, check out the Video Vault, where we got a lot of great, uh, great wrestling footage on there, including, of course, some, of course, we're still posting a lot of stuff pertaining to Major League Wrestling, and also, ladies and gentlemen, some of the interviews that we've read about here just in recent memory, like uh, this recently, I think one we did one with uh, the when they interviewed Candice Michelle, also posting some stuff from Jericho's podcast as well. Long ago, interviewed Ric Flair. We've actually got all that posted on the WCWS interview corner page, so you can check all that out, of course, here as well. And also check out all of our past episodes of all of our shows, of course, right here on TalkShoe, as, of course, we continue, of course, ladies and gentlemen, to get a lot more of our shows up and running here in 2021. And we may be, you may be seeing some more shows pop up on here, of course, very, very soon. So be sure to, of course, listen in on that. Outside the Ropes, episode 244 is a broadcast of the WCWS radio network. Right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, uh, five years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. <clears throat> also, also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> be sure to, of course, keep your hands clean, keep yourself clean. And, of course, be doing a whole lot of praying, of course, as we continue, of course, to find our way out of this pandemic and get back to some degree of normalcy of course hopefully that will not be too long because obviously we're, we are continuing to hear from president maybe of course towards the end of the year when that happens of course i don't really think that's going to be that long i think it's probably going to be a whole lot sooner so we're just going to hope and pray that this will go down so take care and god bless here folks and until then ladies and gentlemen since 2015 your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling pop culture and everything in between this is of course the one CWS Radio Network. Take care and God bless, folks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.